Hey, yo, check it out. This your man, C.X, the Wild Cowboy. I'm here on Pick and Roll Podcast. We're talking about ball and beat. From a lockdown, pick and roll towers in the Steel City. Joined, not in studio for the first time ever, but uh, from his bunker, <laughs> ready for Armageddon, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Gavin Betts. How are you, sir? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, all right. Yeah, interesting uh, times and that. Homeschooling at the minute. and uh, <sighs> Staying sanitised. Staying, <laughs> staying sanitised. Yeah, ready for the madness to really kick in. Um, a stranger week as I can remember uh, in my uh, in my forty odd years here. It's only yeah. actually, it's only actually a week since they locked the league down. It seems about a month ago, it's doesn't it? Been doesn't so it? Uh, I'm kind of losing track of what day it is. Uh, Everything's yeah. changing by the day, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. what's normal is changing by by the hour. So. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of wandering around sort of neighbourhood earlier today, and it was like ghost town at like you know three in the afternoon uh um which was which was quite odd there's just this weird sort of tension everywhere you know when you walk around supermarkets and stuff people gotta keep in their distance from each other and stuff and uh... mate I, I went to the supermarket last night just uh yeah i'm actually staying around hands no okay I, I, I stay with a nurse through this very wise or unwise i don't yeah. know actually if she's on the front line yeah but, yeah yeah, at least somebody who can prescribe drugs. Yeah, it was, was like a prudent one. I was just reading some horror stories from some uh, frontline NHS staff about sort of them having yeah. to turn away people who are obviously of a certain age who've obviously got symptoms, but their temperature was just just that point one degree below where they say they need testing, kind of thing. It's like is this this is the kind of madness you know we're, we're dealing with. Yeah. Well, I've been I've been going to work up until today, and just not no, no nothing, no plans, no nothing. And you see the state of the toilets after those people can barely wipe wipe their ass, never mind wash wash their hands. So I just yeah, I thought at this point it, it's prudent to to not go to work. It's almost as though these, these chances who fucking fiddle their way into power haven't got a clue what they're doing, you know. Yeah, you Boris know. has never done anything with any position of any. What did he do as mayor? It's, it's nothing. Like, it's like so, a. Dave Chappelle sort of sketch or something. I don't know. It's just like you can say he just wants to bolt for the exit as quick as possible. It's uh... hey, look, he can't be honest about how many kids he's got. So how the fuck is he ever going to be honest about this? Yeah. I've been sat doing some maths today, looking at the stats, doing it, and because we, well, essentially we stopped testing over a week ago. So the only people they test are actually people in hospital. Yeah. So we've we've stopped, we stopped testing over a week ago. So the numbers of cases we've got reported is just bullshit. Five or six times higher if you Absolutely. go on the, the amount of people that are dying from it. So we're probably what five, six days behind Italy, so we should be probably locked down now. Yeah, I know. yeah. My missus is still turn up for work, trying to cling on to a job, and it's kind of like at what point you're just like, okay, this is just fucking stupid, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't have that choice of luxury, sadly. Darker days ahead, I fear. Interesting, isn't it? Lots of people who were who were bitten off like three weeks ago by this government. Pretty Patel gleefully ruining our hands of low, low skilled, low skilled workers who are now actually the, the essential fabric of everything. Yeah, she'll not be saying that when she can't get a fucking strawberry, you know, in Wimbledon. And, um, yeah, this is the lot uh, that uh, people of this country have chosen for some reason. Yeah. It's good job we're not leaving Europe. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to happen now. No, that shit's going to happen now. Well, it's economic suicide on top of economic disaster, isn't it? So you, you, but you know, we're so far down the road at this point. I don't know. We're not trying to. What roads? What roads? What well, do we do? The road to yeah. nowhere. <laughs> There's loads of people. Ask, ask, ask those same people again. Would you want to vote around the continent-wide, like medical, like and scientific and medical shine sharing thing? If you know what I mean. Yeah. I suspect they probably wouldn't. It's like the anti-vaxxers. They've gone quiet recently. Yeah. Maybe we might wipe out a few Tory voters while we're at it. So I don't know. <laughs> For an elderly generation. But, 
Well, I, I think it will actually, I think it will actually challenge a lot of the bullshit stuff yeah. about our society. If yeah. you know what I mean, a lot of the things that people could whip people up into a rage over you, Mister Farage, the buttons he would push just don't seem like they mean anything. Or if yeah. you know what I mean, all these people, the stroke of a hand, they seem to have slunk into the background, don't they? All of a sudden, these yeah. the, these people, surprise, surprise. A stroke of a hand, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. o- overnight, all the stuff, all the buttons they can push are just meaningless now. Nobody gives a fucking shit about that stuff. Yeah. And when capitalism, will capitalism survive in the same way? It survives on selling, it depends on selling people stuff they don't need. And right now, the entire world is basically look, thinking, what do I actually need? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah but as we, we digress, I mean, it was already a really strange NBA season, what with the Kobe thing and the David Stern thing and whatnot. I don't know. It was, yeah, and it's just obviously just got weirder now. I mean, I can't see it resuming anytime soon. I mean, no. It, it I, what do they do? Playing without fans and stuff. I don't, I don't know where. What's, where's the joy in that? It's not as though you can just ignore what's going on in the world. For I don't know. It, 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 it would seem a bit odd. Um, yes, but but as, as everybody started to know, sports sports function is it is distraction. it allows you two hours where you don't think about everything that's going on in the world yeah, like that is its sole and essential function well there's a reason so, we're started you know talking now about you know stuff yeah like this, isn't and there? hopefully there's people still kind of interested enough to, <laughs> to listen yeah at least we have to listen to people debating who the mvp is going to be because <laughs> i can't stand that every year it seems quite pointless but um, yeah i don't know it was kind of it was cranking up a bit the, the Clippers were sort of getting going the Lakers beat the books didn't they just before it all got sort of shut down the Rockets were yeah. kind of losing the plot after that decent run um, after getting the plot they lost the plot yeah uh, the Cavs for some reason gave JB Bickerstaff that four year deal not learning from the last sort of long term contract they gave out which uh, yeah no very very interesting well the Cavs going to cover it yeah. did you see uh, uh, Jody Allen is it the Paul, Paul Allen's was his sister uh, had announced the Blazers were going up for sale uh, mm. as well shortly before uh, it all got shut down. It's a bit interesting. Uncertainty there, but wow. it, yeah, it mean, yeah. Well, rolling. <laughs> if it was billions, I'd been wiped out. But uh, yeah, uh, twenty-five years to the day, Gavin, and since uh, Michael Jordan returned from his baseball sabbatical and uh, with the infamous "I'm back" fax, um, fax machines long gone, of course now. Uh, it'd have been on the Twitter. My self-imposed media, my media, my self-imposed gambling ban. <laughs> I've paid off that mafia gambling debt. Yeah. I'm back. I kind of remember it. Ninety-five. I think it was about eighteen. It was, uh, yeah, the summer of Biggie, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's certainly the strangest season since probably ninety-nine, the lockout season, which was all yeah. kinds of weird. Um, I'm sure we were living together at the time, watching. Sort of we were a rookie Jason Williams and uh, we made that entire class on yeah. uh, we made that entire class on NBA Live I think we did yeah. <laughs> I vaguely remember you know what we didn't do a bad job with the stats no. I thought I thought a few years after we probably overestimated some of them a bit but no yeah, we did a good not. job actually it's tough to rate those second round picks though isn't it you know you create them on the Lakers and stuff it's, uh... I think we probably over egged the Ray Flaffrentz pudding but... <laughs> other than that he was um, like one of the guys who got injured during the lockout, wasn't he? I think he, yeah, they were playing so many games back to back. He uh, knacked him, and he never really, well, say the same player again. Never really fulfilled his high draft pick, did he? Uh, yeah, yeah. Never, never was became the player people projected at yeah. that level. But yeah, it was coming off the Bulls sort of '98 last dance, wasn't it? The end of that dynasty. Um, yep. I think he, I think he announced his retirement in the January. Games didn't start until. God, it was February, wasn't it? They got rid of the all. There was no All Star game that year, was was there? Because yeah, no, it was. Like, was it early February, February third or, or something, something like that. Yeah, um, I remember um, ITV Digital. Remember them? They they made a bash at yes. football and stuff. They had the NBA, didn't they? After it had finished on Channel Four on that really yes, wonky yes. Disc. Can you remember? I think we went out and bought it just so we could watch basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Radio Rentals tip. <laughs> radio Rentals tip. Sure, it ended up getting repossessed. That massive telly, but uh... <laughs> yeah. We watched, it, we watched a bit of it. Uh, but yeah, I remember the, the slam covers of Jason Williams, Paul Pierce and Vince. They were like the three sort of rookies, weren't they, that sort of tore it up in the early days. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, didn't, 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 didn't the slam have the one with the Nets as well? Team 2001 or yeah. Team 2000? 
I think that was before that, yeah. I think, well, yeah, going into that season with uh, Jason Williams and Kerry Kittles and stuff. ABH. They ended up trading for Marbury, didn't they? And I think it did for... Uh, they, they shipped Cam- Sam Casella out, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Shipped Sam Casella out for, for Stefan. Yeah. But yeah, the lockout was... It was the Garnett contract, wasn't it? That was the... the I think the owners wanted a max salary, and that was the... Yeah, he, he seemed to be... That, that was the straw that broke the camel's back, wasn't it? Yeah. Weird how this was got a Vince's first season. It's kind of we could have seen the last of him as well. Uh, Book ended Vince Carter's career, yeah. <laughs> Twenty odd years, yeah. Shortened seasons. It was a sprint, wasn't it? I, I like. I mean, looking back at it, I, I think loads of loads of the excuses are fucking laughable. If you know, loads of the excuses are laughable, and speak to a load of fucking dickhead dudes who didn't take their job seriously. If you know. What I mean. How much weight can you put on in three months? It's amazing. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. exactly, you know, it was only November. It's off-season. I'm going to start eating right now, and I'm not going to stop for three months. Then I'm going to turn up for work and expect them to get me into shape. I just, what? Loads of it. Like the stuff with the fucking Spurs, where people were like, oh, it wasn't fair. They were practicing together. They all stayed together. were practicing together. And, and, and the Spurs had people who weren't really coaches, but were like friends of the coaches that were going and hosting. Like, and you were like, of course you dumb shit. But were you fucking, ah, you're eating pancakes, innit? You know, <laughs> like, that's why you lost. That's why you got injured load. I can remember Antoine Walker looking particularly doughy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> didn't he grow? Didn't he have to grow a neck beard? So he had a jawline. But, uh, Kemp as well was just. This was kind of yeah. The beginning of the end for him. That was the end. Yeah. That was the end for him as like an athlete. That. Yeah. But, yeah. I watched that big country uh, documentary the weekend, and uh, it kind of did for him as well. I know he, he knacked his back up and stuff, but um, yeah, that was it. It was kind of he was never going to be anything. I mean, he was a bit. You won't say a bust, but. Um, yeah, I think the extra weight kind of didn't help. They paid him a lot of money, though, didn't they? They gave they him that $60 million shit. deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah quite a likeable chap on that documentary, if you've not seen it. He seems quite humble. He's just happy on his farm with his cows there. <laughs> obviously, kept a bit of the money. So Still got $59 million. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Jason Williams, it was, yeah, as we said, with that Nets team, it was the end for him, I think. He, uh, he, uh, he was kind of central in the sort of, Played. Did he break a leg or something? He broke his leg, yeah, and then ended up with, if you've listened to the Crime in Sports podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 I was going to say ended up on Crime in Sports. <laughs> a bit of legal troubles here and there. And, uh, yeah, so yeah. In the end, but, uh, yeah, I remember it, issues. there was a few quotes saying, you know, it's a lot of the players were selfish because they knew, you know, they wanted the contract, so they were looking for contracts. Damon, Damon Sodermeyer and Williams and stuff. They yeah. just, they, they wanted to, didn't want the lockout. They wanted to get paid. And then on the other side, you've got uh, people like Charles Oakley, who uh, were kind of due a big bonus, you know, off the Knicks that I think he ended up losing like six or seven million, didn't he, or something. And, uh, yeah. Ended up uh, storming up into the uh, Players Association meeting and <laughs> bitch slapping Charles Barkley. Slapping Charles Barkley. <laughs> that's. A- Apparently, there's a few quotes from Chris Charles in a few articles saying you you could hear the you could hear the slap like echoing around the hallway. <laughs> stuff. Charles just fucking pegged out like a sharpish. Yeah, of course, I'm out. I'm gone. Who wants that? Who wants that? It's good maneuver, the slap. Yeah, it's a good maneuver. Open-handed. Open-handed slap. Yeah, Stern with a lockout beard. Can remember that as well. It was a bit weird. Yeah. The lockout beard. Tough negotiations. Yeah, well, they got, they got, I think they got shafted in the end, didn't they? The players, the owners got what they wanted. And, uh... Yeah, yeah, the owners got what they wanted. And the, the obvious thing is in exactly how much the values of the franchises have ballooned in the yeah. time since then. Well, yeah, a lot of them were pleading poverty. As the well. only reason they balloon in value is because they're, they're, a, they're guaranteed to print money. And the only way that is is because the players aren't getting the big enough piece of the pie, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, this was start of the sort of the Spurs twenty year run, really, which again bookends if they're going to miss the playoffs this year. Well, they can't miss the playoffs if there is no playoffs, I guess. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's um, yeah, this was kind of the start of that. The Tim Duncan, yeah, run, start of that dynasty, uh, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, best record in the league, and uh, just defensively, I watched that sort of uh, season, sort of diary back, and um, Duncan and sort of Robinson as rim protectors. Yeah, they were just they were winning games by like eighty points to like sixty odd. It was a proper grind, wasn't it? It was awful kind of basketball. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. Back to back to backs and stuff, wasn't there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of three games. People three playing back to back to backs and stuff like that, and and yeah, loads of these, loads of the, loads of them were fucking just a shambles, disorganized. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah. It's like they thought, oh, we'll never, we'll never start playing basketball again. So yeah. why bother? Like, yeah. like it, it's just, just daft. I remember the uh, Minnesota San Antonio, I think round one series. That great uh, Minnesota team with Malik Seeley and Garnett. Yeah, they um, they had those amazing black uniforms, you know, with the, the Christmas tree. The ones yeah. they brought back this year. Uh, I just, yeah, yeah. I just remember seeing them for the first time around there and just being like, they're fucking sick. Garnett on the slam cover. They beat the Timberwolves in uh, in four games, I think, and then um, swept Shaq and Kobe's Lakers. People, you know, forget how good forget the fucking Spurs were. I mean, Kobe wasn't quite Kobe at that point, was he? But um, No, but Shaq was Shaq. They dealt with him, didn't they? Yeah, I think it was the last ever game at the Forum. Um, and they, yeah. beat, they beat him. First team, Mario Eli, again, underrated. Just He was the kind of veteran on that team who'd been there and done it with Houston. Just still yeah, he was, he was a player. He was a prototype pop, like, I love this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's been him. around, yeah. preferably played, played abroad for a, for a spell, if you know what I mean. Like, he's... He's got a wide and varied basketball vocabulary. He, yeah. He's a swing man, if you know what I mean. He loves to defend. There's barely a podcast goes by we don't mention Mario Eli. I don't know. He's just one of those guys. Who's Isn't it? Resonate. He's just like Isn't it? Hard nosed sort of nineties sort of player. Mm. Didn't fuck about. He was uh, yeah. And uh, Avery Johnson, our team as well. The little general. <laughs> the little general with that big ass mouth. Pop must have loved him. That big ass mouth going. He sounded like one of the Fraggles or something. Really high pitched yeah. voice. Quite funny, but yeah, another like just a typical Popovich player, you know, team first, and uh, they weren't considered a cool team, like you know, they kind of become like the hipsters team, haven't they? Sort of in the last sort of decade, five years or so, San Antonio with the ball movement, yeah, they were very much they weren't the team anyone liked, were they? If you unless you were a Spurs fan, they were just like, oh, the boring San Antonio Spurs, weren't they? It's kind of they kind of reinvented the narrative, haven't they? About you know the the team and stuff with the NBA over the last. I don't know if it's because we were a lot younger then or whatever, but they weren't they weren't a team a team to claim you liked, were they? You know. Well, they had that eighties like logo as well, didn't they? Yeah. Right up for a bit too long, if you know what I mean. They held on to that that sort of turquoise and pink logo, which is actually sick now. Actually, they should go back I to that. that. Brand. I it was great. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But yeah. at that time, at trends as trends are. This is the era where. Well, Iverson was, everybody was having them fucking ones that were really wide over the sleeves and shiny and shit. Like, yeah. it was, it was sort of outside what the, the, the trends of the time were, for sure. David Robinson was kind of seen as a bit of a good egg as well, wasn't he? He wasn't, you know, he was kind of a really straight-laced dude and stuff. So, I, get, I think, and Tim Duncan was yeah, yeah. exactly the, the, Mr. Person. The Admiral has... Yeah, the admiral has a, a lots and lots of admirable traits, but charisma isn't, or charisma even, isn't necessarily one of them. If you know what I mean, he's not the yeah. No. It, it's funny how it's come full, not, full circle, and Tim Duncan's kind of rocking like a, a mid nineties hip hop cut now. Have you seen him? He's got yeah. the, the, the yeah. <laughs> a bit of a midlife crisis. It's great. Can all relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Played the, um, well, it's not quite the Jailblazers at this point, but the Trailblazers in the conference finals uh, with J.R. Ryder, Rashid. Um, yep. And those guys. And uh, it was a Sean Elliott, Mer- the um, Memorial Day. Heyman Stoudemire was still there. He was. Sabonis. Great player. Sabonis, yeah. Apparently he just didn't even fucking practice during the lockout season. He was just like, I'll, yeah. I'll see you at the games, which, you know. He could barely, Sabonis was there. He was like Frankenstein by that point. He could barely move. Like, you know, it's, it, all, all those Trailblazers teams there were that many interchanging characters coming mm. in every year it was hard to keep up yeah in the east the knicks obviously spreewell had just returned like the prodigal son hadn't he after the uh the suspension got reduced this was again adds to the weirdness of this season yeah it was weird another crime him. and sports episode right there <laughs> <laughs> it was weird seeing him in that knicks uniform at first after like kind of being one of the warriors it took a while to get used to and they were kind of it, the Knicks weren't quite the Knicks anymore. They got rid of Oakley, hadn't they, for Camby? Um, yeah. And Mason had gone and Starks had gone. So it was kind of like a... didn't feel like the Knicks teams, but Van Gundy, Van Gundy just got them scrapping, didn't they? And, uh... Yeah. No, well, it, it felt... I mean, I don't... Maybe it's hindsight. I but mean, they had the most like expensive, it... expensive roster in the league. <laughs> they were like yeah. Three times over the salary cap. It was ridiculous. But, but, um... but you looked at them and you're like, how? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were How? kind of scrappy, uh, fast-breaking team. But 
Huh? Chris Childs, Charlie Chris Ward. Chris Charlie Ward. I always fucking hated Charlie Ward. Chris Dudley. Chris Dudley at centre, yeah, uh, when Ewan went down. Camby. Cam- Marcus Camby. Grandmama. Yeah, Larry. Larry Johnson. And, um... Spreewell off the bench. He was like six man, wasn't he? Yeah. But uh, stra- trading, I mean, Ernie Grunfold, we've, uh, we've given a lot of shit over the years. Uncle Ernie, bless him. But trading fucking John Starks at 33 for an 28-year-old Spreewell. That's a fucking yeah. damn run, that. <laughs> Isn't it? It's like, what? Yeah. And uh, Oakley was kind of on his last legs, so getting Camby for him and sort of number two pick, you know. It's not bad going, Ernie. He had his moments, bless him. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure he could have been employed for a decade off the back of it. <laughs> two decades two at decades. this point, but... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it was wide open with Jordan gone, wasn't it? Everyone in the East thought they, you know, they got a good crack at it. Especially yeah, Miami. everybody thought this is it. Especially in Miami. I mean, uh, yeah, an 8v1 sort of upset, wasn't it? Heated, heated series as well. <laughs> yeah, 36-year-old Patrick Ewing. And the and his ice packs. Oh, yeah, Jesus, big ones. As well. The ever-present ice packs at that point. Yeah, they were just bloodbaths, those games, though. Awful to watch offensive, if you know, if you're any kind of compared to nowadays, it's just like watching a different sport basically. And Florida yeah. just shrunk, didn't it? And it was just rebounds, scrapping them. Imagine the amount of fouls they'd call nowadays on some of them games, you know, if it was Yeah, yeah, it was people people backing their asses into defenders and defenders reaching around and slapping their forearms. No, it was lots of that for lots of yeah. long periods of time. Not many three pointers going up, that's for sure. Yeah, what game was it where uh, Houston scored? He kind of hit that game-winning sort of running shot that sort of went in off off the rim, didn't it? Um, Alan, there you go. How could we forget? Yeah, I can't forget Alan Houston's massive contract, which came massive, to, massive contract. Was, after, Woo! was it about 120 million or something? Something like that. Alan Albatross Houston. Yeah. <laughs> um, they swept. They swept the Hawks, didn't they? And then it was. Um, you wouldn't know Mugs, by the way. They had the, you know Matombo and stuff, but yeah, it was, Kembe. You couldn't. Make any rhyme or reason like any of their fucking results. Yeah, it was uh, it was strange. Ewing went down, didn't he? What, was it game three of the Pacers series? We never yeah. saw him again after that. And enter Larry Johnson. Uh, that freed him up, didn't it? That, yeah. that freed like it freed Spreewell yeah. up, didn't it? And well, you know, well, can be on for more minutes yeah. and stuff. Like it, yeah, they suddenly got a bit younger and springier. But yeah, scrapped it. Yeah, remember the Larry Johnson four point play? Uh, four point play. Never, never, never a consistent. There's a lack of foul. foul. You watch no, it now. It's never a foul. But you would never get that call nowadays. It was, um, he kind of got fouled and then took a step and shot it, didn't he? It was. And then uh, shot it, yeah. David Stern. It was either, there was some. It was either a foul or not. Some David Stern dark arts thinking we can't have fucking San Antonio be Indiana in the finals here. It's going to be like yeah. two million people watching. I'm, uh, I'm pretty convinced. There was uh, some chicanery going on. Yeah, well, the viewing figures were way down, weren't they? Like nobody watched. Forty like percent in the finals, I think, was the lowest finals rating since for eighty-one or something. Ridiculous. Mm. So yeah, that tells you all you need to know. Well, I can remember about that is watching uh, something that would, if it went down like two or three years later, would have shocked white America. Larry Johnson, bearded big black man, shouting "Allah Akbar!" All praises due to Allah about five <laughs> times to Jim Gray and NBC. Can you imagine post nine eleven America with that going on? They'd be fucking. Yeah. Hit, they'd be hitting the fucking mute button. It's quite funny when you watch it, but it's just Jim Gray's just looking at it like, "What are you talking about?" It's uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Middle America would have lost their shit five years later. Yes. Do you not reckon? I'm pretty sure they would. Yeah, no. Well, uh, hey, look, that was that was one of those epoch-changing moments, wasn't it? Nine yeah. eleven, like, like, like what the what we're going through now. Yeah. Weird how yeah, sport kind of adapts and. Uh, Reggie Miller, strangely fucking terrible. Well, not strangely, but underratedly terrible in this series as well. I think he went like three of eighteen in Game Six. Just yeah, nobody ever talks about this this no. this year in Reggie's Reggie's like legacy. Yeah, yeah. Larry Bird just looked broken. He's like they didn't really have the talent, did they? Um, Indiana. There were teams that had invested heavily in vets and not yeah. freshened up. There was just no succession yeah. planning. Mark and Jackson, Chris Mullin, and yeah, there were a lot of, and, a lot of veterans. The players, if you know what I mean, there were a lot of broke down fucking rejects when they got them. Yeah. If you know what I mean, at that point, players on the on the downslide of their career, and they just didn't really seem to. There's all that thing where like nobody, nobody, no, no free agents are coming to Indiana, but Larry Bird was the coach. If you know, I could have. They could have done some stuff. Yeah, a lot of players. But 
you don't hear many bad words said about him as a coach, do you? Like Jayla Rose loves him and stuff. And, you know, yeah. Reggie Reggie could have gone to LA. He stayed there. You know, was, people wanted to play for Larry Legend, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So I think I think organizationally they just they didn't move yeah. with the time. They painted themselves into a corner yeah. with that team of vets and then hung on to it a bit too long. Yeah, which, and then they had the Jermaine yeah. O'Neill teams and stuff after that, which were you know decent enough. And so which ironically you can see happening to the Spurs now, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a, a similar sort of thing. Yeah, the Knicks uh, yeah, never stood a chance in the finals, though, did they, really, without... Uh, Larry Johnson got injured, didn't he? And he was knacked, pretty much, and without him and Ewan, there was... Yeah, uh, it's not, and this is, like, ground-bound Larry Johnson as well. Watching <laughs> watching him try to guard Tim Duncan in uh, some of the highlights. He's just like, yeah, well, fucking bread, and he, he was, yeah. there was no chance. I mean, he was undersized, powerful as it was, wasn't he? But Especially when he'd lost... Yeah, he, he was like Barkley size, wasn't he? Six four, six five. One of them players that pretended was six six. Yeah, he's like... probably yeah, he's six six at six at a push. I think. Yeah, I think they listed him at six seven, but yeah, he he, he was wider than he was tall. That's for sure. Um, Jaron Jackson senior un- underrated on that uh, the Spurs team. Yeah. You can see where uh, Junior's got his uh, his stroke from. I know his dad was more of a shooting guard, but um, he was caning threes in that uh, series. I remember. Well, it, it's weird that, that, yeah, the Spurs were the only ones that had bothered to consider rudimentary organisation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, as, as everybody else was just winging it in the sort of chaotic spirit oh, yeah. of the lockout, it seems. Nick still wheeling out Herb Williams and Chris Dudley. So that's not going to get it done. Yeah. It? Against Duncan and Robinson. Herb Williams was about our age then, wasn't Jeez. he? He looked, like he looked about 50 when he was about fucking He looked about 56. yeah. To be honest, um, he looked about fifty-six, but yeah, he was old as shit. I remember. Yeah, not a classic finals. I can't remember. Was that the summer you went? Urban to, is. Was that the summer you moved to London and went to university? Ninety-nine. Yes, it was, it was yeah. ninety-nine. So I can't remember the dog days of the summer. Kind of watching the highlights of those series before you. Yeah, it, it was after those finals, yeah. basically. Yeah, it's that weird two-three-two format as well, where the number, you know the better C got two games at home, then the away. Team got three games, and which was yeah. always fucking stupid. Uh, I never agreed with that because if you, if you nick one on the road, you would fucking you know you one. Were, you were laughing, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it certainly didn't didn't give the the team who worked all season to get the the home advantage any real advantage. No. Remember the Knicks winning game three at home, and Marv was. I think this was when he's uh, he was on his NBC sabbatical after the. Uh, the tampering and whatnot in the hotel room after the incident. Yeah, <laughs> but I think he was he was still doing the MSG sort of Nick's commentary. And uh, yeah. if you go down a YouTube hole, you can find him sort of uh, like a piggy muck when the Knicks won a finals game and stuff. Uh, before they were, uh, I think he fell out with Dolan, didn't he, eventually and stuff and stopped doing them. But uh, he was loving it at that time, just winning the game. And Garden was raucous. I'm gonna see that again for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was well. It was. You know, everybody likes to talk. It was a team that's embraced by New York. Well, they were. You know, yeah. One of the world's largest financial centres is, is where all the a shitload of the richest people on the planet live. Is, is that, and some of the most expensive real estate in the world is actually embodied by these blue-collar scrappers. I always think that's a funny one. <laughs> always a funny one of these next teams. Only one team cracked 90 points once in that finals. That's how bad it was. I mean, I remember it, I remember it being grim. Yeah. yeah, but but I tell you what, a lot of the basketball people romanticised from that era was fucking grim as well. It was pretty grim at times. Was, I mean, it was you know what I mean, and, it exciting, and exciting, but yeah, it was pretty, pretty. It was a lot, of, a lot of free throws, a lot of fouls, and you know, it's funny we get lots a, of stoppages. Get a load of dudes on the YouTube channel who, because we've been putting loads of nineties games, and like, oh, this is the real NBA. I do miss this and stuff, and you know, we we hark on about it and stuff, but. The basketball yeah. was fucking terrible, some of it. It was really bad. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to remember. Yeah. Uh, uh, often as well, a lot of those... A lot of those... At times, it was like football in the playoffs I as think well. What it but is, like, dudes are remembering a certain point in their life where they were probably had no responsibilities and could just, yeah. you know... Uh, you're remembering a period rather than the actual basketball, do you know what I mean? You remember it. Oh, fuck it, that was cool. I was 19 that summer watching. Do you know what I mean? And we do it too, yeah. but... Um, yeah, if you actually if you actually watch a lot of it, it's just. <laughs> it's hard going at times. Yeah. 
Spurs. Some of it is amazing. Some of it is underrated as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, Don't get yeah. me wrong. There's certain players and stuff. That Sonic's Warriors game we watched. Oh god, yeah. That was. Yeah. Under- that was. Yeah. That surprised me by how fast and exciting that was. Yeah. I think a lot of it is embodied by those, yeah, those supposedly efficient, grindy teams, the nature of it back in those days, which mm-hmm. then sort of evolved into the, the the Pistons and the fucking Pacers, didn't it? And that, and that yeah, was, I that was like peak after that, like it was, oof. It went really downhill until they really clamped down on the hand-checking rules and stuff, yeah. didn't they? Um, sort of. 2004 after Malice at the Palace and stuff when they were like oh, yeah. shit we got a problem here and, you know Steve Nash's came to the fore and stuff and allowed in future years the likes of Steph Curry to you know be able to actually dribble the ball without getting you know smashed constantly and stuff and uh, it was the end for the, yeah. the Mark Jackson back it down point guard and stuff wasn't it that was that yeah was yeah and that, and that led to a much open much freer flowing yeah. game as well which was something that had been needed yeah, there's Very a balance desperate. somewhere in between the two, I think, but uh, we're probably never going to get it back at this stage. Physicality's gone out of the game, Gavin. If you, I think that's what I'm trying to say. But if you watch LeBron, yeah, but that's it, though, isn't if it? If you watch LeBron this year, that's all he does now. He just backs people down with his ass. It's, yeah, yeah, but that's it, though. If if, well, if everybody's zigging, somebody will zag will come along. Yeah. If you know what I mean, and then that'll be oh shit, mm. we we need to get somebody big to wrestle that person, yeah. like. There's always there's always something, and if, if once it shifts one way, there'll be something that's left behind that yeah. like exposes the weakness, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, who... if everybody lines up small and you line up a team of giants, hey, it's going to come back to that eventually. Kind of what Philly tried to do this year, wasn't it? But not really got yeah. the right mesh of giants, if you will. But yeah, yeah, just yeah, they've not really thought about it. You still got to be quick. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows when we'll see any more. Actually, I can't see it being. I can't see this season coming back. To be honest, where we no, are in the time no. and the other things and stuff. I think it's wishful thinking, but, uh, and and probably for the best. Yeah, you know, there's more important things than basketball going on. Uh, for sure. Yeah, in, in the timescales of pandemics and things, that yeah. yeah, this is this is this is this is the opening salvo. Yeah. Shout out to everyone who's been sort of bigging up the YouTube channel. Uh, Hubie Brown of all people has been tweeting out games of his old uh, nice. Simmons, the boy Simmons, he's been uh, he's been showing us some love. He's been tweeting out all the old school games. Uh, Kendall Gill's been been giving us some love on Instagram, so uh, we do appreciate it, fellas, and all the support. And uh, if you've not checked it out, Pick and Roll UK is the YouTube channel. Uh, there's hundreds of hours of entertainment if, if you are bored and on lockdown, and uh, we do appreciate it. Romanticize about about slow, slow about days when basketball was slow and dudes punched each other more regularly, and it's, actually did punch each other. It's something well. that's there for everyone. Uh, Whatever your team is or uh, or era, I'm sure we'll endeavour to keep this going in some capacity. We can, uh, if you've got any games you want us or series or seasons you want us to to reminisce on, we'll. Um, I'm sure we're gonna have a bit of time on our hands uh, <laughs> over the next uh, few weeks, so um, we shall uh, endeavour to keep you entertained like we do over the summer, I guess. Yeah, uh, we did record a. Uh, we had Sadat X, who's a big Knicks fan. If you remember him from Brand New, being on the phone last week. Literally on the eve, the NBA went into shutdown. He was kind of in a rush and off to new, do a show in New York with KRS-One, and we kind of touched on. Um, I think the virus had kind of hit New Rochelle, his, uh, his kind of uh, hometown, quite hard. And uh, So he was a bit hurried, and it wasn't really the conversation you know we, we were planning to have with him. Uh, we had to kind of cut it short, but um, we'll have that coming up after the break, and, uh, and thanks to him for coming on, uh, so you can check that out. And um, but, uh, In the meantime, Gav... Well- We'll find some basketball-related yeah, pods you, to do, uh, classically. Yeah, make sure you're tooled up and tins are beamed up and whatever. And uh... Oh, yeah, no, I'm good. I've got, like, seven litres of oat milk. In front of me. <laughs> I've got I've got a shitload of vitamins and antihistamines and stuff. The strange thing is you're only about half a mile down the road from me. And, uh, mm-hmm. It's come to this. This is weird. Yeah. It is weird, but hey. But, yeah. That's what we got to do. Everybody stay safe. Well, got to do. And uh, look after you, you, you know, you and yours, and, uh, and be sensible, as we say. Don't be fuck. Don't be selfish. Let's let's consider each other and uh, and that like a civilization. In the words of John Amici. Um, I think yeah. Think about what's important. Yeah. yeah Take this time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. We'll catch up with you sometime soon. Um, so yeah. So that X coming up. We'll catch up with you um, very soon. I'm sure. Peace out. Peace. Peace.
swing PR. Together us three, we are. Trying to keep pace in the great rap race. New York's a crazy place. My girl just caught a case. If you want to feel the pleasure, Prince, prove in it's on. My hand's now on a little higher than the ball. Came to lace up the wax for speaking D.R. Corby. From the burning to near shell. Oh, the rolling clips are Dover. It ain't over till it's over. It ain't over till it's over. Can you walk Escape from New York, New York. For the thugs and players, money, sex, and rhyme sayers. Listen up, son. An honour and a privilege to be joined by the great Sadat X, uh, all the way from uh, from North Carolina. Welcome to the show. Peace, peace. I'm here, no doubt. I'm glad to be here. People will know you as a member of Brand New, being on for your fine solo work, but um, that's not why we got you on the podcast. Um, we understand your your first love was basketball, really. Oh yeah, well, I you know my father played basketball and he taught me the game, and I came up in it. I played uh, all through as a youth through high school up until college. Yeah. So you're. you're your dad was a big a college yeah. player, uh, from what I can gather. Yes, yes. He played at a school in, in Raleigh called Shaw University. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been uh, involved around basketball all my life. Yeah. What kind of player was he? A guard or? Well, he was a point guard. He yeah. was a point guard. Mm-hmm, definitely. So, and you've ended up back in Carolina now, so kind of you familiar yeah. with the area and stuff? Yeah, well, I got a lot of family down here, so oh, okay. I'm very familiar with it. No question. Yeah. Where did you sort? Start playing balls. It was as a kid, or was it school, or well, I you know I started as a as little you know playing uh through youth leagues. I played up until high school, up and a little bit into college, and uh you know played still recreational leagues. And sometimes you know I haven't played in a minute, but sometimes I still get out there and play. Yeah. Well, so where did you go to high school? Is it like New Rochelle area? Or... Yeah, I went to high school in New Rochelle area. I went to Salesian High School, which is a Catholic high school part of the Catholic League. And when I was coming up, you know, that was the strongest high school basketball league, one of the strongest in the country. So I went to that. I went to Salesian High School. Yeah. So was the name Derek Murphy on a kind of high school, you know, All-America or recruiting list? What what kind of player were you? Were you well, yeah, I definitely, you know, I definitely did my fair share of recruiting. If I could have did it over, I probably would have went to uh, prep school for a year and got my grades up so I could have yeah. went to a really good school. But, uh, you know, definitely, you know, I had some looks. Yeah, were you a point guard as well then? Yep, no question. Yeah. So how tall how tall were you back then? So were you, were um you... I'm about right now about six one. I say okay. I was six one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So who are the kind of uh, playground legends or players you kinda of looked up to, you know, growing up kind of in New Rochelle, New York in those, in those times? Well, see I wasn't really in New Rochelle. Like, I was more into the city part. So, yeah. you know, I saw a lot of guys play in the city, like uh Guys like, you know, like Chris Mullen, Walter Berry, Rod Strickland. Of course, yeah. You know, those type of guys I, I, I came up around. You know, definitely Rod, one of my favorites. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I guess he was a little, little bit older than you, him, guys like him and Mario Eli and Yeah, Mario Eli. I've seen Mario play many times. Uh, yeah. Chris Mullen, like I said. Uh, you know, definitely guys like that. Pearl Washington, I guess, guys like that. Yeah, Pearl, Steve, yeah. Steve Burt. You know, I've definitely seen Pearl play numerous times. Yeah, it was Lloyd Daniels kind of. Similar age to you, I guess. He was kind yeah, of yeah. I seen Lloyd play. play. Also, like Lloyd was around my age range, and I have seen Lloyd play many times. Yeah. So and did, played against them. Yeah. So did your father take you to sort of Knicks games, Nets games when you were a kid? Did you, you know, we did you go and watch Clyde Frazier, guys like that? Or? Oh yeah, well, see, he was friends with a lot of those guys, so I definitely did go to a lot of Nick games. You know, definitely met Walt Frazier, Earl Monroe. Uh, you know, those guys like that, definitely. Did you play any sort of household sort of names in your neighborhood or sort of up that way? I mean, I know the the Williams boys sort of uh, Gus and Ray Williams were from Mount Vernon. Oh, was yeah, it, was yeah. It? They were from right next door. Gus and Ray yeah. Williams, the McCray brothers. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, Dow Mack, D-Mack was a guy from Nurse Show, played Jimmy McGee. So, you know, it was definitely talent in Westchester, definitely. So which college did you go to in the end? Um, At first, I was going to go to Northeast Louisiana. Then I wound up, uh, I went to Howard for a little while, Howard okay. University, and I was on scholarship there. And then uh, I, I wound up coming back and went to Hunter College for a while, and then the rap thing kicked in. Yeah, I was going to say, I guess it's the same age you kind of got down with Pooba and yeah, and uh, Electra thing jumped off and stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Was there a kind of crossover in sort of New York in those days of sort of, I don't know, you'd be out and about around New York and stuff between the sort of ball players and the rappers and stuff and 
people make a thing out of you know the rappers want to be ballers, ballers want to rapper, you know, and, uh, and that kind of thing. Did you do you see a lot of those sort of Nick guys out and about around sort of New York? They likes to charge. Oh yeah, well, and and and... yeah. Well, it was you know it was uh that was the beginning stages of rap. So, but uh, you know, it was definitely a couple of rap dudes that that played Alamo was good. You know what I'm saying, Cameron and and, yeah. and Mace were, were, were good players. But uh, you know, it was back then, like I said, like a lot of the. A lot of the early rappers hung out with the ball players, yeah. Walter Berry, uh, Greg Harvey. You know what I'm saying? I know those guys. Were, sometimes you see them with Run DMC or some of the early groups like that. So it definitely, it's always been that connection. Yeah. Have you always been a sort of diehard Knicks fan then, or? Yeah. Well, I always stood by the Knicks through thick and thin. Uh, you know, I've been I've been down since I could watch basketball. I've always been a fan of the Knicks. Yeah, Anthony Mason kind of he pops up in Diamond D's videos and stuff, didn't he? In the nineties and uh, yeah, yeah, Mace, be... Big Mason. His his son actually Antoine, one of his sons went and played at a Nurse High School. Then okay. went down to Auburn for a little while, and then Niagara University, and now he's playing in Canada. That was sort of a great time for the Knicks, wasn't it? The early nineties and stuff when they were actually yeah, competing. definitely. I still, you know, I still speak to some of those guys. Like I'm cool with Oak. I I still see Big Oak sometimes. You know. Still correspond with Rod. Uh, I was cool with Mason. You know what I'm saying. I saw, um, you know, uh, even going a little bit further up, uh, Spreewell okay. and uh, Larry Johnson. You know, yeah. I, I, I saw them recently. So it's always good to stay in contact and good to see those guys. Yeah, and I guess the kind of last glory days of the Knicks sort of coincided when Brand Newbin were really, you know, you were really a height of, of fame and stuff. So it's uh, good time to be New York, I guess. Definitely, definitely. Do you miss that? I mean, we we have, we have like a, a basketball YouTube channel and stuff. And we put all the old Knicks and Bulls games up, and a lot of the dudes of our age kind of they harp on about they miss the physicality of the NBA sort of compared. Yeah, well, you know, I, nowadays I really compared do. to back in the day, and it's uh, do do you miss that kind of hard nosed New York basketball and stuff? Or? Yeah, I do miss that competitive edge. I mean, now it just seems like all the guys being that they play AAU basketball together as youth, they come up and they're all friendly. But back in the days, man, like, you know, you left that friendship on the side and it was rough. You came down the middle, especially you knew if you played against the Knicks, you was coming down there and Oak and Mason was there where you wasn't going to get to the basket easy like that. So I do think the game became more of a finesse game, you know, more fouls are called now that, you know, it's more, uh, I guess, fan fueled, you know, like they want to yeah. see those three points and, and stuff like that. But back in the days, it was, it was phys physicality. I mean, that's what. The Pistons won their championships on. Yeah, there wasn't many layups against the Knicks in the sort of early exactly. 90s, was there? You know, even Jordan, you know, he had to, he had to toughen up a bit. And um, exactly. Yeah. Do you watch the? What do you make of the NBA nowadays? Do you, do you still watch it at all? Yeah. Know? Well, I, I do watch it. Um, I I don't. I probably don't watch it as much as I used to. I do watch yeah. it, but it, like I said, man, it's like, you know, I I was more of a fan of the competitiveness yeah. and the the competition. Now, just everybody's friendly and. Yeah. You know, you know, nobody's really playing defense a lot of times and everybody's going through the motions. So that's what I don't like about it. Yeah. When was the last time you went to the garden recently? Or? Uh, I went to the garden about two years ago. I saw the yeah. Knicks play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I haven't been in about two years. Yeah. It's um, what, what do you think? We, how do we fix the Knicks? Is, is it just Dolan, do you think? Or is it, is it more? Well, than it's... you got to you got to get a coach, man, that, that, that comes into the culture. You got to get a, a, a coach that's kind of symbolic to New York. That's a gritty coach, mm. ready to grind. And now he's got to be a, a reflective reflection of the city of New York. And I, I think we're still looking for that, for, for that coach. You know, yeah. I think the guy, Fisdale, he came, he was a good guy, but he was a West Coast guy, yeah. more laid back. You know, you need somebody like, like a, we like somebody like Chuck Daly came, you know, one of those type of coaches, man, that's in your face, that's not afraid of the players. See, nowadays, you know, these coaches... You, you, they, they're kind of afraid of the players because if you say something to one of the players and they go back to management, that could be your job. You know, you got to get a coach that didn't care about that no more. Yeah. Well, look, just look what's just happened in Brooklyn. You know, it's case in yeah. point. What, exactly what you just said. It's um... Yeah, and I know Kenny Atkinson, and he's a good coach, you know, but, yeah. you know, like one or two players are not buying in, and I guess they've put so much money into those type of guys where, you know, they, 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 they listened to him and they got rid of, the, of Kenny Atkinson which I think he was a good coach and he's been yeah. doing the most with what he's been giving over there. 
Yeah, it looks like Mike Miller's probably on borrowed time the next. Even even though he's done a bit better than Fizdale, it's um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's on borrowed time. You know, <laughs> they're not gonna really like let him stick around. They're gonna find somebody. And also, I think part of it is Dolan, man. He's not a basketball guy. No. And I think for you for you to be an owner of a basketball team, you got to be a basketball guy. You got to be involved with basketball. Know about basketball. Know the culture of basketball. He's he's not. He doesn't know about basketball like that. No. So who do you fancy for the job? You know, are you, are you one of these guys who think they should go down memory lane and get like Van Gundy back or Mark Jackson or someone like that? Oh, I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing Mark Jackson back yeah. or Van Gundy. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing either one of those guys back because at least they knew the culture of the city and they, they weren't afraid of the players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mark Jackson gets a lot of sort of stick and stuff, but he, he did set the Warriors on the path to sort of where they, you know, where they were, you know, on the way to the rings and stuff. So from where the Knicks are starting from, they could do a lot worse, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we we definitely got a process that's got to take place. Yeah. Uh, do you like anyone on the team at the moment? I mean, it's kind of it's just it's so hard to pinpoint who who they're going to keep uh, going forward, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It's... Well, I'm 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 liking Barrett. You know, I like Barrett. Yeah. I thought we 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 could have kept Morris, but I understand them trading them for the for the draft picks. I do like the uh, the young guy in the middle, Mitchell Robinson. I think uh-huh. that he's has has great potential. And uh, you know, those are two. I I don't know about the guy from France, Net Neta Kalina. I'm not I'm not sold <laughs> on him yet. You know, I'm yeah. not I'm not really sold on I mean we, we, we spent a lot, we took a, a, a big draft choice to pick him. And you know, I thought this year would be the year, the saving grace year to see what he's gonna do because uh, so far he hasn't panned out like I yeah, thought. They've not really they've run through so many point guards ahead of him, cut so many point guards. Yeah. They they should have just given him the keys to the team and say, Look, make your mistakes. Let's see how you do after two years, but they've not really done that, have they? So it's weird. You can't really tell how good he's he's gonna be. It's uh, yeah, because I mean they changing point guards literally from game to game, so you don't know what's going on. I think they're messing up the guy, <laughs> Dennis Smith. I think they're messing him up. Like they, you know, it's become a mental thing with him because he was a much better player in Dallas, where in New York he's like a shell of himself, and I believe his confidence is down. Yeah, no, you're right. It's uh, it's been a mess. While we got you on, we might as well just. Uh, Kind of hit you on over uh, on the music tip. You're still very active and uh, out and about, traveling the world. Oh yeah, well um, definitely. I'm preparing now. I got to go to New York to do a show tomorrow night with KRS-One. I so saw a fly for that. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm opening for him tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm getting ready, you know, for that. And uh, you know, we're still doing music. Still, uh, got a couple of projects. Me and Ella Sensei working on another project. I got a project with Aguilar, and then some solo stuff myself. And then uh. I'm trying to get in the works to see if we're going to do this brand Nubian thing or not, but I'm just trying to stay active and stay busy. Yeah, I saw you were out in Copenhagen with uh, Elder Sensei. Uh, yeah, definitely. That's a cold-ass place. I went out there a couple of years ago. Yeah, so yeah. Probably the most expensive place on the planet as well. It's, uh, it's not cheap yeah. for a Heineken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's good to see you uh, You keeping busy. It's like, um, I remember Lord Finesse saying a few years ago that, you know, you've got it's all about quality control in it with hip-hop now. It's as long as you kind of keeping that quality at a certain level and stuff you, there's no there's no reason why you can't prolong your career and you know and, and yeah like yourself go touring around europe and stuff there's there's actually still a market for it isn't there definitely yeah it's still a market out there you just got to find it and, and and make your niche in it that's all yeah yeah just sort of a personal tip and stuff like wild cowboys are definitely sort of for me up there with like illmatic as far as like sort of you know mid-90s albums that People probably overlooked a little bit, but the sort of cast you put together on there with sort of Pete Rock and Diamond D. Yeah, yeah, that well, was just Minnesota like a, a was just it, yeah. You know, it was you were you were right in that sort of alley with Ilmatic and stuff like that, I guess. And uh, oh yeah, that was a great time for me, man. You know, that album was definitely my Bronx album, and uh, you know, it was definitely I got everybody together who I wanted to get, and you know, a lot of people like that. I'm still getting, you know, people still talk about it to this day, and that's all I wanted to just make some good music. What what are your memories of sort of touring in England and Europe over the years? In our in our I remember seeing you sort of God with Oh yeah, must, well, must you know, definitely Flex and Akinelli back in sort of ninety five, ninety six over here. Definitely been good, uh, you know, doing in England and uh I we was out there uh this last year, but I don't think we were in England, we were somewhere else. But uh, you know, that's one of the first places that we we came to as a group, brand newbie and I remember we did some stuff in Brixton back in the day when they was still had the spot out there. So, you know, it's always good to definitely come to England, definitely. That must have been a bit of an eye-opener for you, sort of, as a sort of guy in his early 20s, sort of, like, coming to sort of England yeah, well, and stuff you and know, seeing I, the different, I was, you know, different yeah, cultures well, and stuff. 
Yeah, well, Brixton was similar to like places I've been in New York, like yeah. in the Bronx and then Flatbush. So that was definitely good with a lot of Caribbean influence culture that I saw. So, you know, that was always good. It's always good to go back to London. Hopefully we get back to the Jazz Cafe soon. Yeah, that's a good spot. So now, are you still doing the wine thing with Will Tell and stuff, the true wine kind of Oh, yeah, well, we're we, we still working on the wine thing. We, uh, we, we did like a little trailer for a series that'll be released soon. So hopefully they're, they're, they're fine-tuning and tweaking that. And, uh, you know, we're still doing the wine. We still got the site up, you know, and <laughs> it's still around. Good stuff, man. Where, where, where can people find you then on the, on the Twitter and Instagram and whatnot? Uh, well, for the wine, they can go to www.truewineshow.com. And it's a live, you know, interaction and everything will pop up and you'll see what type of wines we have and what we've been doing. Cool. Anything you want to chat about basketball wise or? No, well, I'm, I'm, you know, um, <laughs> it's the tournament time coming around. It's, a, it's yeah. a crazy thing now. A couple of tournaments have been canceled. The Ivy League canceled their tournament and just gave the, the chip outright to Yale. Uh, I see the Big West, one of the conferences out West is having a tournament with no fans. So, you know, this is going to be an interesting NCAA tournament yeah. uh, corresponding with this virus and to see how it plays out because, you know, this is the, uh, I guess this is the, 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 the crucial time of the year for college basketball. You know, uh, it's tournament time. So I just want to see how that plays out. One of my favorites, though, I, I think to be watched is Duke and Louisville is, is another team and Dayton. I think they're going to go far. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what happens. Well, it's, it's bizarre. I was looking at the news this morning and Strangely, we were talking to you today, and it was like New Rochelle was one of the hot spots of the sort of virus. Yeah, and, and, stuff, I, and, I, and I spoke to people, and <laughs> yeah. it's crazy because I spoke to all my people live in the hood, and it's not in the hood. It's just yeah. on the north side, on yeah. the rich side, which is really kind of crazy because it's not in the hood at all. So that's pretty bug. Yeah, it's not really hit us yet here, but I think it's, yep. it's incoming anytime soon. Um, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, it's going to affect the basketball uh, amongst other things, I guess. But um, yeah, um, that's fantastic, man. I appreciate your time and jumping on with us and stuff. And um, good luck no with problem. the show tomorrow. Anyway, where's it out in New York? Uh, Sony Music Hall. Okay, we got a few, got a few people over there, so uh, we'll give them the heads up and uh, yeah, tell them to get down there. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll try and catch you next time you're in England or in Europe, man. No doubt, appreciate. No, appreciate your time. Thanks for that. Peace. Hey.